Um, so if you want to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Here about a month ago, I uh, talked about peace, having the peace of God in your life. And I, you know, I don't know exactly where God is going with this and who really needs it, but just been really continuing to meditate on that. And in some respects, as I thought about it and in Going over that last message in my mind, I, I felt like there were some things that I left undone. You know, um, first and foremost, um, in order for us to have the peace of God in our life, as I said before, we have to have peace with God. And so we're going to do some review. Hopefully that won't take long. And then we'll get into... Philippians chapter 4, verses uh, 6 and 7, and then into 8 and 9. But to start with, uh, let's read Philippians 4, and we're going to read verses 6 through 9, and then we'll get into this message. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Precious Father, Lord, as we... Um, just take time this afternoon to uh, look into your word, look into the scripture. Father, you know the hearts of, of each and every individual here. Uh, you know those that are not a child of God. And you know those who are. You know those of us here, Lord, that are, are going through a trial and are struggling to hide it and not let anybody know that we're hurting. God, you're the, you're the one that looks on the heart. And so, Lord, as we come to you this afternoon, God, my simple prayer and desire is that you would use me as a mouthpiece, that your word would be heard and not the voice of, of Chris. That Christ would be lifted up, that all men would be drawn to you, and then you would be magnified and glorified in everything that's said and done here today, Lord. 
Calm my trembling and heart, stumbling heart. Take my trembling lip and use it for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So by way of review, the first thing that I had mentioned before, in order for us to have peace of God in our life, is we have to have peace with God, right? Um, those who are saved understand that peace with God is something that every individual on this earth needs. A child of God has come to the point where he understands the wrath of God abides upon me. Why does the wrath of God abide upon me? Well, Romans 5.12 tells us, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. Why? Because all have sinned. Right? And so sin brings the wrath of God upon us. And so if there's wrath, there's no peace. Right? I mean, kids, if you do something wrong and mom and dad have to get after you, or grandma and grandpa, don't snicker. I'm serious. If you do something wrong, just in yourself, there's no peace in your heart, right? You're kind of like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I know that I'm going to get in trouble. I know that I'm going to get scolded. I may get a whooping because of it. I, your mind is muddled. There is no peace. So even so, as a creation of God, we fall into that same position. If I have my sin nature not dealt with, then I'm not going to have peace with God because His wrath abides upon me. Titus 3.5, you know, because we try to clean ourselves up, right? Oh, well, you know, do the best I can. You know, we'll turn over a new leaf. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Plan and scheme. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. His mercy. He saved us. Not anything I did. By the washing and regeneration and new renewing of the Holy Ghost. So again, you know, man, he tries to... He was clean. Oh, man, I didn't. I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to try to make up for it. That, that's, that's kind of the next step, Right? You guys got in trouble. You've kind of gotten through it. You get that uneasy feeling. You've, you've dealt with mom and dad or mom and dad with you. And you're like, well, I, I got to maybe do better. You know, I hate to tell you this, kids, but mom and dad are going to see right through you if you come right up to them and start buttering them up right after you get in trouble. Why? Because we've been there, we did it. But, again, we try to do that with God. You know, so we sit here and we understand that there's none righteous, no, not one.
And we understand that there's none that seeketh God. We understand that the wages of sin is death. All these things, but until we get to that point where we understand that there is nothing I can do. You know, Pastor Humphrey has put on the board here so many times about, you know, having the debt, and the debt needs to be canceled, but I can't pay the debt. You know, as adults, we understand debt is bad, and we get it. As kids, it's a little harder to understand. But when it comes down to it, our sin has a debt that we will either allow Christ to pay for us, or we will pay for eternity in hell. We, you know, there's a song that says, I know I'm going to mess this up. There was a debt that I could not pay, and he paid the debt I could not owe, or something to that effect. The point is, the debt will be paid. The debt will be paid. Either you will pay it for eternity, and the wrath of God will always abide upon you, or you come to the place where you accept Christ and His work on the cross. And his wrath no longer abides upon you. Because the righteousness of Christ is put on you. Glory. I have peace. I have peace with the holy and righteous God that measures the universe from here to here. I mean, you want to talk about not being on the wrong side of somebody. The very God that spoke this world into existence. Right? is against you if you are not his child. So, how do I have the peace of God in my life? Well, I have to have peace with him. If I am not his child, if I have never come to the point where I said, God, I'm a sinner. If I've never come to the point where I said, God, I need you. I'm wicked, I'm vile, I can't clean myself up. You need to cleanse me. You need to turn me and make me new. If you never come to that point, the wrath of God abides upon you. The second thing that I talked about in that message was the fact that we need to place our faith in Him to work in and through our lives, right? And so then we talked about Joseph. And we talked about how, you know, his brothers sold him to slavery, told his dad that he died, all these things that happened in his life. They seemed so negative. And yet his attitude through all of it was what? Genesis 5.20 says, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So we have to have faith that the things that God is allowing us to go through, the things he's drawn us through, the things he's growing us in is for his good, but most times it's to make us stronger in him, to grow our faith. The other person we looked at was the Apostle Paul. You know, throughout his service, he was beaten, stoned, left for dead, imprisoned. 
Yet he boldly, relentlessly served the Lord, trusting God's plan in his life to be a witness for Christ. I mean, you want to talk about someone that, you know, and, and even Paul says, I counted all but loss, right? I mean, you talk about a man that was going to the point where he was dragging people to prison, seeing people killed because they were a witness for God. So he counted the cost. He counted the cost. He knew what was going to happen. But he gave it all over to God. Philippians 3, 7 through 8 says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted for loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. So he, he, he understood what he was getting into. He knew where this was going to go. And his desire in, in all of it was that, you know, when I cross, the, cross into glory, that he's going to say, well done, my child. Thank you for your service. So, you know, we don't serve God and we don't do things so we can get the honor. We don't do things so we can get the glory. That just ends up being wood, hay, and stubble. But if, if we're serving God and we're taking what He allows us to go through, to grow and draw closer to Him, that the gospel of Christ may be furthered in Lebanon, in Africa, in China, wherever. Suffer all things that Christ would be lifted up and glorified. The third thing we looked at was that we need to cast our cares upon Him. And that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. When we trust in His plan and rest in His work, we find our faith grows, and thus we begin to trust more and begin to leave the problems to Him to manage. You know, I said we don't bury our head in the sand and just expect it to all go away. But it is a matter of like, Lord, this burden is on my heart and I need you to carry me through it. Again, you know, trying to think of when you have the trial and you say, why me? And I talked about kind of things that I went through with my knee surgery and all that. You know, initially the thought was, why me? Why is this going on? What am I supposed to learn from this? Instead of just simply going to him and saying, Lord, it's in your hands. Help me to see where you want me to grow. So as we get into this, we're talking about an attitude. We're talking about a focus. We're taking the focus off of ourselves and putting the focus onto God. And that was probably where I really started thinking about this lesson a little bit more. 
I realized that I kind of just dropped off. That was the end of it. You know, it's like, well, you know, you need to grow your faith in God, and you need to trust God and cast your care upon Him, and it all work out. But there's a how, and there's a, I failed to bring forth. How does this all work? How does He get the glory? And so that brings us to you know, Philippians chapter 4 today, verses 6 through 9. And he starts off, he says, be careful for nothing. That word be careful means anxious, means fret, means worry. As he's, you know, he's starting off this verse, he says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry, you know, just anxiety hits. When I don't know the path ahead of me, there's some anxiety. When you get told you're going to PPCS to a new base, there's some anxiety. Is there going to be a church there that I can even really be a part of? What's the squadron going to be like? Who, who am I going to be working for? Can, am I going to be able to talk with them? And then you've got the coworkers that you're going to be working with. Even in the civilian life, it's the same thing. When you don't know what's going on, one of the first emotions that hits your mind is a little bit of anxiety. And then we start thinking, what is it going to be like? He's not saying we don't think about it. He's not saying you, you don't contemplate. What he's saying is don't be anxious for it. Don't sit there and wring your hands and lose sleep over it. He says, be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. If you think about a runner, and I was going to have Caleb come up here and I was going to start stacking kids on his shoulders, right? But, the, you know, a runner, when he gets ready for a race, I mean, even when you know, people go do their PT test, they want the best time possible. They're like, okay, I'm going to get the lightest shoes that I can. I'm going to wear, the, you know, the clothes that I have to wear, but it's going to be as light as possible. A sprinter in track, his shoe weighs less, uh, probably weighs about that much actually. I, that, that's light. Right? So if you think about a sprinter that's getting ready for this race, and he's like, well, kind of cold out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and keep my warm-ups on. I'm not really worried about, you know, getting traction on this track. I, I, you know, I, I'm a pretty good runner. So he's not going to wear his super light shoes with the tacks in them. You know, it's like five ounces here, eight ounces there, ten ounces there. You know, next thing you know, He's got more weight on him than he has trained and practiced with. And so in the end, the result is his end is not going to be as good as he's practiced and planned. So, it, you know, it was just a little weight. 
It was just a little thing. Um, Pilgrim's Progress, as he was going along his journey, every time, you know, it's like he kept going and there was a new, new bag on his back, new bag on his back. And the weight was getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Worry, stress, all those things do that to us. It drags us down. We come to a point, if, as a child of God, if we're letting these worries and these burdens and these cares and these anxieties and all these things come into our life and we're just like, ah. We come to a point where we're not useful. He can't use us. And so he says, be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So I might be putting more into this than is really there, and I'll let somebody correct me later if it's true. But when you read that verse, it says, Be careful for nothing but in everything. Not everything. Everything. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm reading and I see the word, you know, everything, it's like, okay, it's, yeah, okay, it's everything. But when it's broken into its two separate words to me, it draws out a point that it means each and every little thing that is there, you need to bring to Him. But in everything by prayer and supplication. Every worry, every concern. And when you do that, we see a reward listed in verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Okay, so we're going to be careful for nothing. We're going to bring it to Him in prayer, but I still have these worries. How do I get over this? How am I going to conquer this? How am I going to have that peace of God in my life? Well, it says right there at the end of the verse, how? Through Christ Jesus. Which carries us into verse 8 really quickly. The how. How am I going to make this happen? Philippians 4.8. Finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that verse starts off with whatever things are true. Because who is truth? Christ Jesus. So when the things are coming into our life and the storm is crazy and it's rolling around us and we don't know what to do, we put our focus on Christ. Let's talk about Peter for a second. Impetuous young man. Loves the ocean. 
The storms are raging. God, if it be you, let me come to you. Nope, I'm going to stay in the boat. I'll just let you know right now, I'm a rock. I'll sink. I'm staying in the boat. You know, my faith. You know, Peter gets corrected by Christ and says, Oh, you have little faith. Unfortunately, I guess I got micro faith because, you know, maybe with a life vest and a dry suit. And, you know, anyways, a little levity to that. But the point is, when Peter was walking on the water in a storm, I don't believe that that storm went away. The waves were still high. The wind was still blowing sideways. It's raining. He can't see anything. Yet he gets out of the boat and starts walking. And as I envision this, the boat's gone. The wave has come up behind him. The boat's gone. And he, you know, he's focused on God. And he keeps on walking. And then maybe a little bit of pride swells up in him. I got this. He takes his focus off of God and he sinks, right? But what happened? Lord, help me. Save me. And immediately, Christ was there, grabs his hand, lifts him up. And even in that, I firmly believe that that storm was still going. But he was safe in the arms of Jesus. He just carried him to the boat. You know, he says, oh, you have little faith, like I said. But in the end, where were the other 11? He showed enough faith, at least wise, to trust God to get out of the boat. So when we focus on the one who's true, not what's going on around me, not all the voices in my head, not all the stuff, because this world has lots of stuff to throw at us. Whether it's the stress of work, whether it's I don't know what's happening tomorrow. You know, kids, I got to say, you, know, you got it pretty easy. You may not think it's easy right now, but you got it pretty easy. You know that mom and dad are going to have clothes on your back. You know that mom and dad are going to have food on the table to put in your belly. You'll have a nice warm place to sleep tonight. Pretty easy. But there's going to come a time in your life when the condition of sin is going to come upon you. And it's not going to be easy. You may turn your back and just push it away. and Push it away. But in the end, you need to focus on what's true. Focus on who is true, and that's Jesus Christ. So the end of verse 8 says we need to think on whatsoever things are honest, just, lovely, good report, virtue. And you can look at every single one of those. Who in this world can you say has every single one of those virtues? 
Who? Not one, but my God. Not one, but my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, meets all of those. So we go to him in prayer and we cast our cares on him. We go to him in prayer and we rest in the promise that he's never going to leave or forsake his child. Go to him in prayer, remembering whatever the storm is, he has promised to carry us through it. So the end of verse 8, it's, you know, it says, think on these things, and carries us into verse 9. He says, those things which ye have heard, or which ye have both learned and received and heard, and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So verse 6 tells us that we're to be careful for nothing and we're supposed to put our focus on Him. Right? Verse 9 tells us something else. It tells us that we're going to take the things that we've learned, the things that we've received, the things that we've heard. And as James says, we're to do. You know, James tells us to be not... Hearers of the world, word only, but doers. We're commanded to think on the true and the just and the pure and the lovely and virtuous things, which draw us to God because He is the embodiment of all of those. When you look at the attributes of God, it's Him. And so when we're reading God's Word, we're not just reading it so we can check it off, right? Yep, I got through my devotion today. Check. On, on my way. I'm reading God's Word so I can take something, look for something to just to dwell upon, to apply to my life. Because it is a living book, Right? It has applications for today-to-day -day life, right? So if I'm taking it and I'm reading it and I'm applying it and I'm doing what God tells me to do in my heart, then I can have that peace. If I'm not doing that, then when Satan attacks with his lies, when Satan's darts of fear and worry and strife and all those things come into our life, we're going to be in that ocean. We're going to see the waves all around us. We're going to see the storm. We're going to see the wind blowing sideways. No help in sight. What's going on? But when I turn my eyes as Peter did to Jesus. I can find peace, I can find rest, and I can find comfort in everything that I'm going through. 
everything. Not everything, but everything. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes just to think about this for a second. You know, we all have struggles and trials, concerns and hard times. And oftentimes we feel that we're not going to get through it. But as we saw in his word today, as his child, when we have the right focus, then we're going to get through it. It's going to be through his guidance. He's going to walk us through it. And we're going to have peace in our life. As the child of God, if you trusted in Christ and you are struggling, turn your eyes on Him. He cares for you more than anybody else can. If you're not His child, the wrath of God abides upon you and you're not going to find peace. You're not going to find the comfort that you're searching for until you do come to Christ, until you do turn to Him. It's a choice that you have to make. No one can make it for you. Mom, dad, teacher, whatever. They can tell you that it's important. But until you come to the point in your life when you realize that I've offended a holy and righteous God. I can't, I can't, there's nothing you can do about it except turn to Christ. Let's pray. Precious Father, Lord, we come to you and we, we do thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the comfort and the peace that we have through Jesus Christ and His work in our life. I just pray, God, that if, well, there is no if, I pray, God, that those that are here today that do not know Christ as their Savior and King, that do not know the peace that comes into a life because of God being the Lord of the life, that they would do business with you today. I thank you for your people, and I thank you, Lord, for their desire to be in your house and their attentiveness this afternoon. Just pray that you would be glorified in their lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.